Hello and welcome to the DFS underscore PhD show for today, the 28th of January. Remember, you're good enough, you're strong enough, and gosh darn it, someone's got to win that money. Um, you can still make your choices today for the classic slate for a little bit longer. Are you riding with Justice Hill? How much McCaffrey is too much McCaffrey? Um, which cheap Kansas City wide receiver will be catching the touchdowns? Where is Mandrews ranking? Make sure you've thought through all the important questions of the slate. Make sure you're comfortable with all your answers before it's pencils down time. I always like on slates like this where we're not really getting much news for the rest of the day. I like to get those lineups set nice and early. So I feel many hours of confidence and many hours of happiness because you can't do any better. And, you know, yeah, here's the weather. And for our showdown, which this video is about, quiet weather. So don't need to worry about the weather at all. I did want to mention various strategies. So one thing that's I've I've started noticing is you know the guys at the top every time of my little uh, tweet list of uniques under five dupes, they're the highest risk players in DFS. You know what I mean? Like all one fifty of their lineups are dedicated to uniqueness. You don't have to play just like that, right? Like one hundred and fifty is a lot of lineups. So. One thing I've noticed is it's not an accident, right? Like whenever these guys are getting duped a fair amount, like uh, Squirrel Patrol having 53 more than five dupes or Jesse having, you know, 51, that's not happening because of carelessness, right? Like they're making a choice, need lunch money, Hishbu. Look at Hishbu, 28 uniques, but 117 under fives. So a little bit of a focus on just the under five zone. So you can, you have different, Depending on the slate, depending on how you feel the value shakes out, you can choose from different bins of like strategies and you don't have to have all of your choices come from the same bin. So like today, I wanted to start out with a uniqueness of no concern and then transition to an appropriate sheets rule consideration of what actual lineups could win you whatever the top prize is today. So obviously, first of all, I should talk about what it, what I've changed in these projections for both of the sets of lineups. I think Gibbs and Montgomery should not, we should not be splitting the baby. They have the same exact upside in their game script. So you get them to that upside and you leave it there. Um, it's kind of a high projection for Debo, right? What's the projected yards there? 63, his line's like 47. I just took it, right? I'm pretty sure. Anyway, so... People are not sure what to do with Debo today. I am also not sure what to do with Debo today. He's coming back. He's fine. He's cleared to play. But he's coming back from an injury into an offense with a lot of other talent. And I don't I don't know. I mean, Ayuk was kind of doing better than him anyway. So, but optimal, what are we looking at for optimal captains? David Montgomery, probably even more than that. So given the changes I've made to the this, um, projections, obviously it makes sense. Garbage in, garbage out. And it's good to see it, right? Like, you know, I always say it, you know, because I don't I don't pay for contest sims. And the reason is I tested them out for a month and it seems like their value add is about 10%. And so for me, the cost of the sims versus 10% of my playthrough, it doesn't make sense. So if it does for you with 10% of your playthrough, fine. But it's not like it matters that much. Like it's if you combine other strategies, you can get even a majority of that 10% of remaining variance. So in particular... The, the thing I was talking about is in order for your simulations to be valuable, both your projections and your ownerships have to be right. Now you can see every week Sheets publishes how much the ownerships are wrong. They're wrong. They're off by like 5, 10, 20%. So 
that alone makes all the Sims moot. Like this guys who use the Sims are still winning. I still see it, but they're not winning because they use the Sims. They're winning because they chose the best guys, right? So because the Sims themselves, the contest Sims, are reliant on essentially a product of errors. So if your error in either one is high, or wait, I guess errors are a small number. I'm not sure product or it, it, it amplifies the error. So if anyway, if you made a projection error, if you made an ownership projection error, all of that is amplified in your contest sims ROI. So that's why, like for me, I don't I, I know exactly what I'm doing. I am changing my pre-lock ROI estimate because I don't think that Gibbs and Montgomery are appropriately projected high enough. And I don't think that either Reynolds or Laporta is appropriately projected. I think they're each at this point in their career, Kittle type guys. They should have a distribution that centers around Kittle type numbers. It's not like Kittle, particularly in the game script where they're ahead. We're not gonna see a zillion checkdowns to Kittle. We might see a zillion checkdowns to Josh Reynolds and Sam Laporta. So that's where the 13.57 came from. Uh, whatever the number is for Kittle, I'm just gonna match it with Reynolds and Laporta. Um, and then we've, yeah, I think everybody else, I, I fine with the natural projection. You could get to more Jawan Jennings if you want to, now that I'm looking at it. I'm expecting him based on snap counts. What do we have? Jennings. This was with Debo kind of not that much in last week. So it's hard to say in a week with Debo in and Jawan Jennings also in, we see 40% snaps. Yeah. Pretty consistently around 40% for Jawan Jennings. So about half the, the value of of Ayuk about half the value of Debo. Yeah, he's not quite as talented a receiver, so that's why you get the half again. But you, if you wanted to, you could. He, he's just overpriced, so I'm not going to tell you to play Jawan Jennings on the showdown slate. He's a fine play, I think, in classic. Okay, let's go back to uh, oh, optimal captains. We said based on these numbers. Um, so obviously, these won't be. It, you, you, I should also do a run for for the sake of the show, probably with what is the Saber Sim naive optimal. I just am not that interested in that because they there are places where I disagree with them. So because I disagree with them on the value of Josh Reynolds and David Montgomery, those are my optimal captains today. Check. I mean, like that totally makes sense. And what I was saying about like blending rules, I'm going to do that today because I don't really, I don't really think there's that much value. And I don't think getting wildly unique is going to pay off today. I think the, if you think about like, percentage of a chance to win for lineup versus dollar signs. I think it falls off pretty fast today. So I'm going to try to capture kind of duplicated lineups in the region of high win probability and less duplicated lineups in the region of medium win probability. But I just don't think there's, I mean, you'll see how I'm getting there. It starts getting kind of gross when we go over to the sheets rule um, suggestions. I'd much rather you play all of the Josh Reynolds, I mean, literally 100% is a bit much. Maybe I'll lower that to like, I don't know, 75% Josh Reynolds. He's just massively, massively underpriced on the showdown slate. But also, if he goes off, he's more likely to be an optimal captain than an optimal um, flex play. So I'm fine with cutting down my Josh Reynolds exposure. But the, he would have been optimal given, obviously, my ridic ridiculous... Um, yeah, that's the other thing. So when you change projections... You have to make sure that your resulting percentages reflect your actual confidence in the scenario that you have made, because this is now your scenario. So how often do I think David Montgomery is the leading game script? Do I think that's a total of 30% captain plus 55% flex? Obviously not. I think it's more like 20% that he's a flex option and maybe 20% also that he's a captain option. Yeah, just because... 
No, it's a little bit higher that he'd be captain because in the game script where they're ahead and just pounding it, I think you get to a lot of him captain and more of him captain than in flex. So you'll see me do that a lot when I make these weird changes is I'll have guys be more captain than flex because I just, I don't want my overall stand on the guy to be a mistake. And if my stand is correct, he should be the captain. He shouldn't be the in the flex. So this is a pro pretty common way I've been playing all season. Um, Kyle Juxic, getting to some natural Kyle Juxic makes sense. I think he's low priced. Yeah, just saber some value naively. Ferkser, they want you to get a little Ferkser in there. I, there's worse options. Ferkser's out there. Um, yeah, he's not a huge upside option. We're not playing a captain or whatever. Okay, so enough. This is my. This concludes the optimal portion of the of the show. Even in optimal, I don't want to be playing certain guys. You know, a zillion percent, but hundred percent McCaffrey would be fine. What do we got? Sixty percent plus sixty five percent McCaffrey and optimal. That's a bit shocking. I guess have they pro finally priced him appropriately? Yeah, that's it. They priced him twenty five percent higher than all the quarterbacks. So that's why you know that's why you're seeing him not as optimal as you would expect. I wonder. Now let's go over to the unique lineups. I wonder if we see more or less McCaffrey because like. Maybe that's how you get unique today with him being priced up at yeah, 10% and captain. Seven, yeah, so we're so that's funny. To get different today, we're playing Christian McCaffrey. Get this. So that's a little wild. 33% captain. No, we're not getting different. 50% in flex. He's 85% owned. And it's right. That's not bad chalk. That's absolutely appropriate. The sum of his ownership should be the likelihood he doesn't get injured in the first half. Okay, so. Same guys, same exact strategy to get different today. So maybe I will get different. These are basically the same lineups. I assume not very much different here at all. I guess less quarterbacks, right? Yeah, Purdy's down here at like 40% versus 80% in the optimals. But now that I mean, I'm seeing 30% Lions defense, obviously, is a lot of Lions defense. Let's, I can lower that to like, I don't know, what, what am I confident? 20% uh, chance Lions defense goes nuts. I'm fine with being overweight. It's just that that long-term average is more like a 20% than it is a 10%. It's definitely not a 30%. Okay. Yeah. Not going to boost the 49ers D. Okay. Yeah. So I think based on, I like a little bit of, of what I'm seeing from each set of these lineups. So I think I am going to stick with taking a little of each. I think I recommend doing that for you as well today for, for optimal ROI, because I, again, I mean, and I, my, my li list is limited, right? But, you know, we see the, and, and the Roto Grinders rank is also a bit gameable, but nonetheless, going all out for uniques is not, I'm not sure it's the optimal ROI strategy on every slate. Going all out for under fives, maybe optimal, but I mean, even then, I'm not 100% sure. Now, granted, I'm seeing guys I know Osimo's in charge of the stochastic sims. I know Max Steinberg is very into the the uh, Saber Sim sims. Uh, I recognize we've got guys on all sides here, and I think that's... I wonder if there's a setting... Yeah, probably... Hmm. Seeing the contest sims guys up so high, it makes me think that that really is all that matters if you see Osimo up at the very top. But look at his salary, 45-5 on this last slate. I just don't know. Like, I... On this slate, what's the win probability of those lineups? And does that check out? You know, like, because the win probability has to be fractionally compared to the higher duped line lineups has to compare favorably. So if you have 
if there's a lineup with 10 dupes and it's 10 times more likely to win, you should still choose the 10 dupes one. You know what I mean? But that's the, now that I've said 10x, that's just not that lot. That, that doesn't, that's a big difference. That's an order of magnitude. And these lineups are all very unlikely to win. So I think generally it's obvious if you've made 100 dupes, you've made an error. 10 might be okay sometimes, but just when, right? I, I don't know exactly when. So today I'm going to say, what if, what if some of my uniqueness, not built-in lineups are decent ROI? Because I'm not playing 152 as well, right? Because like that also factors in because really what you're looking for is the minimum ROI that you're comfortable with. So, right, like if you're playing one lineup, who cares if you play the most duped one? Because, yeah, oh, wow, it would really matter to a 150 maxer if it was 2,500 bucks. It doesn't matter that much to you. If you think that that lineup has 300 times the chance to win today, if it's an obvious lineup, you can play it. I won once last year doing that. I don't do it much. But just sometimes there's just an obviously mispriced guy on a slate and a bunch of studs or something. And you just, okay, I'll take $1,000 for this one. But, you know, that's not, that's not really the case today. So... It's somewhere in the middle. So that's why I'm kind of targeting somewhere in the middle today. Um, I just don't, how are you going to get that unique today? Like, let's look at the captains, like so just by the ownership. You know, I've told you what my takes are today. You're going to play some Montgomery, Reynolds, maybe a bit of Laporta. But the ownerships, the field will be playing. Oh, Ayuk. I don't know. I don't know about that, guys. I will not be there with you at all. I just don't understand that at all. 15% I captain. I yeesh, he's been doing great recently. It's just how many other places could this offense go? A zillion of them. I mean, 34% McCaffrey is also a lot. That's he's so expensive. Yeah, he's gonna get points probably, but he has to get a lot of points. He has to be the highest scoring player on the slate for sure to to uh to pay off his salary. So now I'm talking myself out of 85% McCaffrey even making sense. I think you got to be a little bit light on McCaffrey just because well. It's not just the chance he doesn't get hurt. It's the chance he's the highest scoring player on the slate. He has to be the highest scoring player on the slate to be for sure optimal. Uh, after that, it's going to be like you have to do some math on it and figure out if he's optimal or not. Okay, so Purdy looks like a pretty good value here in captain. Yeah, fair amount of that. But then it almost, so ASB at 8% at, at his price is a bit much as well. Kittle seems like, I don't know, I don't know what that is, 6% Kittle and captain. I definitely prefer all of these next guys. Your Laporta, your Reynolds, your Debo, your David Montgomery. Jamison Williams is unclicked? That seems like a mistake. I think Jamison Williams and Captain definitely, if you're running 150, is 100% in, I mean, 100% in play. You should play a little Jamison Williams and Captain. He's totally, he has those upside games. And they, when he does, he could be the guy for you. Chalk in the flex. Yeah, no surprises here and no bad chalk, really. I mean, these is all I'm fine with flex ownerships for everybody. Ayuk again, like you got to feel that what percent Ayuk here? 40 plus 20, 40 plus 15. 55% Ayuk is a lot, guys. I mean, like, is he getting there with McCaffrey too for you? I don't know. I, I'm seeing, I think basically what's happening is the implied team total is getting people to take a lot of San Francisco players together in ways that don't necessarily make sense game scripturally. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's possible Ayuk catches all of the touchdowns that McCaffrey doesn't run for, but that's like one very stilted game script. It seems very fragile to me. It doesn't seem like a robust, like, you know, Ayuk 
is not even necessarily the wide receiver one on this team all season long. You know what I mean? Like Debo, I had to check a few times. I was like, Debo is in this game, right? Correct. Debo is in this game. Yes. Debo is in this game. Debo is owned at one third, the amount of, of Ayuk. I I've seen them play this year. I know that the opportunities have been there more for Ayuk, but I mean, I I'm not convinced by any thesis that Debo's is washed. And so I will be more on a Debo tilt at 14%. Why am I getting, why am I getting leverage for playing Debo? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. You go back and tell a time traveler from last year, you know, and you're just, he's going to be like, I'm sorry, Debo is 14%. You know, you just have trouble convincing him whatever happened. Similarly, John Muir Gibbs at 10%. I mean, he can, he's in my mind, he's the pass catching back for this team in a script where they're going to need him to do that. I mean, in my mind, let's look. Um, uh, Detroit Lions stats. Yeah, because we don't need this show to take place in my mind. We need this show to take place in real life. But I'm pretty sure, I mean, I, I know they both catch passes, but in the receiving game, in the postseason, we have Gibbs with eight targets and eight receptions. David Montgomery, five targets and four receptions. Yeah, so, I mean, let's go to the season long. Can we please just do the regular season by default? What are we doing here? Because that was just going to be a bigger sample. David Montgomery, 24 targets. John Muir Gibbs, 71 targets. So for the season, John Muir Gibbs has been that pass catching back. If they're in a two-minute drill, if they're out of the shotgun a lot, if they fall down early to a McCaffrey onslaught or whatever, it's not going to be a split. I don't think that, like, is. I, I think it's going to be leaning on, um, on, what's his name? The little guy. So uh, I'm pointing at John Muir Gibbs. I don't know. Ooh, that's not great that I can point at the name and not say it. But yeah, 1% Captain Jamir Gibbs, you're, I'm going to have to have a little. Um, there's just, yeah, I'm going to have to have a little. That's There's no way. Where's that again? Yeah, 1%. He, he's overpriced, no, no question, for his role. That's why I assume, yeah. But but he's also like I, at least 5% chance. He's, I'm going to say 10%. What, what, do you, what do you think the chance that the Lions have a, are playing from behind today? Have that amount of Captain Gibbs. I think it's about a 15% chance I'm going to have some Captain Gibbs. So yeah, um, I've talked myself into that. And, and you should do the same. You should criticize your lineups based on, like, when you look at a lineup, when you look at, like, a setup for things. Okay, 30% David Montgomery, Captain. What is, why would I do that? Well, I would do that because I think in 30% of the games, David Montgomery gets significant running work and maybe rushes in a touchdown or two from the goal line. 30% seems reasonable. Maybe more like 20, 25%. I'm not sure I really want to be there, but the reason I'm getting there is 3% owned. That's nuts. That's nuts to me that the run, I mean, I know they're in a split, but I want both parts of the split because like you can't, you can't pretend just one, like you can't pretend they each get half a touchdown, right? One of them gets a touchdown. One of them does not. So yes, I should say, I think I said it earlier, but just to clarify, I do have my usual rule. You don't have to play on every slate, but I am playing max one Detroit running back. Again, if you're building it, you have to say in flex and captain on showdown, not just in flex. That'll it will not be a good enough rule. So, I, Craig Reynolds is part of the rule, but he's not really part. I don't. I think he's unclicked today. Yeah, he's not an option for me. Like, yes, he scored last week. Don't play Craig Reynolds. He's massively owned too. I think if I saw that correctly, because of the touchdown. No, 
You can play 3% Craig Reynolds. I mean, fine, but I don't expect that to happen again. I don't know why that happened. I'm frustrated that happened still. Uh, so I've learned nothing if that's uh, not clear. So I'm playing a lot of McCaffrey. I don't know. Yeah, I think I, I've gone over all the chalk, all the all my pivots. And uh, yeah, so I, I guess all there's left to say is, hey, you're good enough. You're strong enough. And gosh darn it, someone's got to win that money. And the next NFL video will be the last one of the year. So enjoy them while they last, guys. Might as well be us.